This is a moral call right here. This is not about politics. This is about morality. Health emergencies can't wait for us to have some theoretical debate about some better idea that will never, ever come to pass. We are behind every country pretty nearly in Europe in this matter of medical care for our citizens. I'm a physician. That means you have a right to come to my house and conscript me. It means you believe in slavery. Hello, everyone. My name is Benjamin Day. And I'm Jillian Mason. And this is Medicare for All, the podcast for everybody who needs health care. I'm so sorry to cut off that very contemplative countdown video. Uh, we, we tried a new one this time. Very relaxing, actually. Meditative almost. So this this week, we're going to be talking about, this will be the would you rather version of healthcare edition <laughs> of the podcast. So to set the stage here, think back all the way to 2008 to the TV show Breaking Bad, which asked a very important question, which is on a lot of Americans' minds, which is how far would you go to pay for your medical care that you can't access or isn't covered by your insurance? Um, now, actually, Breaking Bad ran for like a million years, so you may not have to go all the way back to 2008, but the main character of Breaking Bad ends up building basically a meth empire to pay for his own cancer, <laughs> which is a solution we, we, yeah, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's been done in real life. It's a solution we wouldn't necessarily endorse unless you're into that sort of thing, but you know, you do what you have to. So we're going to be talking about the real life slightly less dramatic, but not always less dramatic examples of the lengths folks are forced to go to these days to like navigate our for-profit healthcare system. So from TikTok to GoFundMe to like class action lawsuits, appearances on the Dr. Phil show, ordinary people may not be selling meth for their healthcare, but they are turning to, you know, public platforms to get the care that they need when the healthcare system just completely fails them. So we are joined today by Jill Parkinson, who recently went viral on TikTok talking about her own, you know, healthcare horror story. And we are channeling this experience into Medicare for all activism. Uh, Jillian, do you want to introduce Jill? Yes. It's tough for me all episode. Jillian and Jill. Jillian and Jill. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So Jill is a Las Vegas local. She loves pickleball, which I still don't understand what that is. You might have to explain (laughs) it for me, but she loves pickleball, reading and relaxing at any Vegas pool with her husband. And she's been doing freelance marketing for almost four years. She comes from an ad agency background, and she also does professional organizing as a hobby. Tell us more about that. Yes. Nate. What is professional organizing? I'm very type A, if you didn't grab that. Very Pisces <laughs> energy. <laughs> yeah, it's. have you ever seen those shows on Netflix, like the home edit? There's Marie Kondo. They go in, they go throw you trash, they buy bins. They reopen sure, bins. sure. Like, yeah. yeah organizing COVID, everything. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. During yeah. COVID, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I love that stuff. So there's a local company here in Vegas that, well, it's a franchise um, of a big national company that does professional organizing. Oh and my I, God. I love it. It's yeah, the other type it. of organizing. We think yes. of like activism yes. organizing. I, you're thinking that <laughs> way like, and I'm thinking like acrylic bins. Organizing your shit organizing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both kinds of organizing are really important. I just yes. want to put that True. out there. They're, that's really funny. So let's actually, let's just jump right in, Jill, to your story. So like we said, your TikTok got over a million views. So there are actually a lot of people out there who have seen your TikTok. But for those who haven't, could you just tell us a little bit about your healthcare story in your own words? 
Absolutely. And I, I hope I don't get long winded here. I, as a teenager, teenage girl, I had something I would describe as stomach pain. And they were like, oh, she has anxiety. She's a teenager. I'm like, mm. well, yeah, I have anxiety, but this is different, <laughs> you know? And they thought I might have celiac. I went off gluten. Anyway, all this long process basically led me to going to all these different doctors. And finally at a point in 2021 that I was like crawling up the stairs in pain. And my husband was like, okay, I know our insurance is bad, but maybe if we go to urgent care. So I got this endometriosis diagnosis after going to a couple mm. specialists, which is basically just like a bad tissue kind of growing in your, really it can grow all over, honestly. Like it can go grow around your stomach. It can grow wherever. So I did describe it as stomach pain, you know, as a teen, but um, like abdominal. So I actually had a surgery for it and not the one I mentioned on TikTok in fall 2021, but had the same surgery, basically just removing that bad tissue mm -hmm. in January of this year. So, and that's something that people generally have to do more than once, right? Yes. When you have the endometriosis. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so many women have it. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. I was like, wait, how are we back here? And my doctor said like, oh, this is, this is what it is. Welcome. You know, mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's a conversation. Women's health is a conversation, I think, for another day, you know, mm, mm, mm. all the issues. There. Or every day, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> like, which issue should we focus on today? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had this surgery, you know, forget like the actual recovery, the insurance part of it. I went in for lab labs, you know, right before surgery, they basically make sure that you're a candidate, whatever, for the surgery still. And they said, okay, tomorrow when you come in, just remember, you're going to be paying your full deductible, $7,500 or half of it. And I'm like, who has $7,500? Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I know I'm going to have to pay the full thing eventually. I understand that. And I want to be as honest as I can about this. Like I want to pay, you know, I signed up for my high deductible plan so I can have an HSA. So yeah, I ended up paying the full thing. It was crazy. That is crazy, so wild. Crazy. Yeah. Nothing like writing a $7,000 check. That's I safe. know. Well, I handed in my credit card and I was like, actually, do you mind? I'm going to just get the Chase app. I have to make sure I even have like right. my credit card paid down. Like at the hospital, I'm, you know, right before I go to get in the gowns and everything, they're asking me for like all this you know, money. Jill, that's a lot of money for gluten intolerance. You should really just change your diet. I literally <laughs> got those comments on TikTok. Does everyone oh. get a gluten intolerance diagnosis for every every symptom? I guess so. It's just the hip thing, right? right. Go grain-free. Yeah. In fact, I think Ben and I have both also had that experience of being yes, misdiagnosed. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's Actually, just so easy, right? you know, it's like it's so, so easy. easy. So you're in this kind of terrible situation, right? You made this TikTok. What actually prompted you to make the TikTok about it and to actually start talking about it publicly? Okay. So had the surgery in January and then the whole point of the surgery is to get rid of the bad tissue. And then mm -hmm. they put you on this drug. It's an injection and they put you on it so that the tissue doesn't start growing again. It basically puts you into menopause. So my doctor was like, now you'll want to be on this for like three to six months. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get on it, you'll have the surgery again. It's a terrible pill. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm my like, friend okay, this. Yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, great. Those are my options. Awesome. So I got the prescription from my doctor and it was a... I think it was Martin Luther King Day that I basically got this prescription, talked to CVS. They referred me to CVS Specialty Pharmacy. 
And I finally got so far down the chain with CBS specialty and they were like, oh, we actually don't take your insurance. So I have like a two day window. I have to take this injection and finally like got down to CBS and they were like, oh, actually have to deal with this random insurance or this random specialty pharmacy. Anyway, so I'm like at my wits end, basically long story short with how I will even get this injection. If I don't Mm. get it, Mm. I have to have the surgery again. Mm. My health outcomes are worse. Obviously, surgery is not fun for anyone involved. Mm -mm. Except for maybe the surgeon. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I had it. The day before, I was like shaking on my couch, crying from trying to deal with all these insurance companies. And I actually was, we went on a road trip with some friends to California and I called the insurance company, the hospital, my doctor, et cetera, like over and over, almost this whole car ride, like four hours. Mm. And this um, girl in the car, my friend was like, you should really like post about that. I'm like, mm. I should post about that. <laughs> so, you know, no TikTok following at all, but thought I should post about it. Yeah, that was pretty amazing, actually. Like, I saw that you actually had made relatively few TikToks before the health insurance story, like, totally right. blew up. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't like I have this, I'm so popular in social media. And so everyone related to my story. It was just, and I even put in the caption, I might delete this. Yes. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. And I don't know who to turn to. Everyone that I talk to is just like, that's how it is in the US. Mm. Like, no, Mm. there's got to be something else, right? Oh my God. Wait, go into some of the responses that you got because I think these are wild and really like. (laughs) Yeah. And so the piece I should finish off too on this TikTok was I I posted because this injection that I needed, they wouldn't send it unless I paid. And I'm like, wait, I hit my deductible. Mm-hmm. So that that really was my frustration. Yeah. That I ended up not even getting this injection on time because they were like, well, you have to pay. So, so yeah. you did end up not getting the injection on time then. Yeah. So the part I've never posted on TikTok was. A friend told me about Alto Pharmacy. Have you ever heard of Alto? No. They kind of like, have you ever heard of Yassification? Like, it's just like a fancy tech version of a pharmacy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my friend said like, oh, if you have a prescription, they will get it to you same day. And Hmm. so Mm -hmm. I had the prescription, but my insurance company wouldn't work with Hmm. Alto. So I actually ended up for the first ejection paying 1500 because oh I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like not get this injection. I just went through the surgery. Yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah. And I told my insurance company the whole saga and then I finally got it and there's mm-hmm. like, they reversed me and they're like, well, no, you didn't use our specialty pharmacy. Mm. So for my second injection, yes, I did end up getting it. Mm-hmm. And after that TikTok got, I don't know, 10,000 views. It had only been like an hour or two. Mm. They called me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Lo right? and behold. <laughs> yeah. 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 And what did they end up doing again? Yeah. So they called me and said, hey, let's get this scheduled. I'm like, yeah, that's, I've been trying to get this scheduled for weeks. Right. It's a month's dose at a time. So they don't ship you all of them, which would be nice. They just ship you one at a time. And so, yeah, they called me and they're like, hey, uh, we need to get this scheduled. We need to get your information so we can ship it to your house. I'm like, yeah, but last time we talked, you know, you wouldn't ship it to me if I didn't pay, if I didn't get mm-hmm. my credit card. Gave him the whole reminder that I had my out-of-pocket max, my deductible. 
And they're like, it's fine, we'll bill you. Mm -hmm. So I swear they saw it. I just know. <laughs> I know they saw it. I didn't tag them necessarily. I might have used like hashtag select health mm -hmm. is the name of the health insurance mm -hmm. company. But they rolled out the red carpet and you became a VIP. Uh, and uh, suddenly, <laughs> yeah. suddenly you're so willing to help. Right. The nicest person called too, of I'm, course. I'm glad their marketing department is treating you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Wild. 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 Yeah. I think I feel like the fact that it went viral just speaks to how many people share your frustration, probably. Mm. Um, yes. So. Yes. And many of the comments were I, I wrote some of them down if you don't mind me sharing. Please well, do. and I'll I'll tell you a couple things that I learned. Uh, the biggest takeaway was just never, ever pay for anything. Unless it's like a $20 copay, just ask them to bill you. In my case, this hospital um, in Vegas, they would not do that. They were very clear that like when I came in. That... And some people said like, that's illegal. I'm like, I, I don't know if it's illegal. I know I'd have to pay it eventually. But yeah, they said, don't pay up front. Don't pay at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. That is Which regular is advice we get on this podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I, I mean, know. <laughs> we had one of our board members on, we were talking about Texas healthcare. Texas is where I live. And uh, I was talking about a $25,000 medical bill that I still have. And, yeah. um, and she was like, well, you're not going to pay it, right? Like, that's the one important thing to know is that you shouldn't pay it. <laughs> right. It's like, Thank you for that. Right. How is that the answer? And yet patients should not, are not to blame for this and shouldn't have to know strategy yeah. for yeah. getting their own health care. Yeah. yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we cut you off though. Yes. You have to tell these comments because I think some of them are really great. Yeah, so the, that was the general thing was just like, oh, because I start the clip out, my TikTok out with someone who's not stupid, please help me understand. And so a lot of people in the comments were just like, you're not stupid. The system is stupid. Oh my God. And yeah. I'm like, yes, that is clear. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another interesting thing, so many people plugging cost plus drugs, the website where you can basically pay a flat rate. I don't know how insurance factors into that. And another thing, which I actually will use going forward, Northwest Pharmacy is an online pharmacy in Canada. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if I will actually use them going forward, but I might. You know, if I still sure. have this high, high deductible, high out of pocket max. So this $1,500 medication, I looked at this Northwest Pharmacy website was 300 through them. And it was like next day shipping. So meaning okay. it's not a $1,500 medication. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> exactly. It's probably like a 10 cent medication. Yeah. <laughs> gets yeah. Up. Yeah. We always say that when something can cost like $25,000 or $5, that you're not actually paying for the actual thing, you know? Yes. <laughs> A hundred percent. And so that was really interesting. People essentially the advice was negotiate your costs down or get a lawyer, talk to someone from the state. I'm like, wait, I, I did everything right. I'm self-employed and I got marketplace insurance. I'm paying my premiums every month. It's like $500 a month. And now I'm, I paid my deductible. So that should be, or my out-of-pocket max, I should mm -hmm. say, that should mm -hmm. be everything, right? So I don't know, just funny to get all this advice in the comments <laughs> when I'm like, I did everything right though. It's not me. It's not enough for America. Yeah. 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 Doing anyway. everything right is not enough. Do you have a flag hanging outside of your house? So you might not be doing enough. You have to. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, okay, what else? <laughs> the other things people said was like, oh, this sounds like, Aetna. This sounds like Cigna. Like this must be Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I'm like, no, it's this 
select health podunk like out of utah insurance company that's just they just barely expanded to nevada and i i grew up in utah so i'm like i'm familiar with that i'm gonna go go forward with it and now i hate my life you know <laughs> we'll all be switching next year to a different marketplace plan so but I love that everyone who heard this was like, oh, this sounds really shitty. It must be my health insurance company. Yes. <laughs> yes. Projecting. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's everyone. The mm -hmm. other comment I got was like, this is Obamacare's fault. Awesome. Without Obamacare, like, I would not be covered. I'm self-employed. I have this pre-existing condition. Like, I actually, I commented on so many of those. And then I ended up just deleting them. I want to hear, like, all sides and all perspectives. But people are being, like, so ignorant. I would yeah. not have coverage. I would have paid like $114,000 for my surgery without coverage. So there's a certain segment of the population that will blame anything on Obamacare yeah. from like, you know, yeah. your insurance bills to, you know, the weather or. You know. I, heard that, I heard that gluten was created by Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yes, true. exactly. <laughs> um, okay. And I will read you a couple more comments. These are like my favorites that I'd screenshotted it just to have. I sent a couple to my, my sister's a nurse and she works in post, like post-op surgery. And so I sent a couple to her and she just had a heyday. Okay. So one was, <laughs> Karen as hard as you can, Karen harder than you have ever cared in your life. <laughs> oh One said, hang in there, Medicare is freaking awesome, which I don't even know that much about Medicare. So I, that was really interesting. You look like you're close to 65 to me. So. <laughs> I'm getting there with every day I spend on my insurance companies yeah. and phone calls. I'll get there. <laughs> Once you're 65, maybe you will have paid off this bill. Right. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of comments. This is why I can't quit my job. My insurance is too good. Um, a lot of comments like people with no money, they just don't get surgeries. Because at the end of the TikTok, I said, wait, what is everyone else doing? And people just say, we just die. Someone said when I had my son, which was my third C-section, the registration woman told me that if I didn't pay my copay before leaving, I wouldn't get to take my son home. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here in America? Wow. Yeah. I don't know why that strange is funny. It's not funny. I know. What are you going to do? Just leave your kid there and walk out? Okay. I mean, for someone like me who doesn't particularly want children, it seems like a good deal, but I think most <laughs> people want to keep the kids. Well, it is have. also hard to afford <laughs> childcare in America, so... There might be a solution here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can you come up with a payment plan and do like layaway for your baby? Right. Yeah. Yes. I'll make a payment every a few months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's wild. Wow. wow, wow, wow. I really love that comment though about Karening because that is so true and so fucked up. And one of the things that, you know, because you hate to be that person, right? But at the same time, you have to say, man, please speak to your manager seven times yeah. before you get yeah. to the person who is actually going to be able to solve your problem, which is true. So yeah, caring the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. And now I, you know, now I have these medications and when a bill comes, I literally like have them and I just like put them through my shredder. I'm like, <laughs> nope, I know I paid everything and I don't want to hear. I <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> So this is kind of the theme of this episode. We thought starting from your story, we would explore the many ways you can care in your healthcare debt or healthcare costs. Because <laughs> <laughs> it turns out your, your experience is not unique as all your comments told you and the 
massive response to your video. So Jillian, we're going to play a little game of would you rather. Okay. This is how would you prefer to address your totally unaffordable care and or massive medical bills that you're facing. And we're going to go through a few real life stories out there and we're going to prioritize them, rank them from, <laughs> you know, best to worst strategy for coping with America's uh, healthcare system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So starting off, would you rather have a literal pain in the ass or go through a pain in the ass of the law, a lawsuit? <laughs> wow. Suing your insurance company and or medical provider, also a very common solution to basically a totally inaccessible healthcare system. And actually, every time we work with doctors, they complain about the insurance they have to buy for uh, for malpractice. malpractice. Um, and I have a feeling a lot of these lawsuits come from people who literally can't afford their healthcare. Yes. And Winning a lawsuit might be one way to get their care addressed. So uh, we're going to wow. tell you a story of Christopher McNaughton, who was a college student diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Yeah. Which is, I uh, don't need to tell you, Jillian, chronic inflammatory bowel disease <laughs> that has no cure. You tell. His case was particularly severe, you know, to the point where just constant debilitating pain forced him to drop out of school. And after years without relief, they found kind of an unusual regimen of biologic drugs. These are the really weird drugs uh, that they specialize in making here in Massachusetts, actually. High doses finally brought, you know, his, his UC under control. He was un insured through United Healthcare, our absolute favorite insurance company, to shit on. Um, <laughs> and, but, the, you know, the high cost of his treatment triggered an internal review. This is what happens when you become an expensive patient. Your insurance company starts taking a real close look at what they're covering. And United's doctors claimed it was not medically necessary, the drug regimen that was actually working for him, controlling his pain. So how did McNaughton and his family respond? They sued their asses. Um, they filed a lawsuit against United claiming, and you know this, this was a year where United's profits exceeded $1.5 billion, which I feel like is bigger than some reasonably sized countries out there. And of course it worked after they filed the lawsuit, they said, oh yeah, suddenly we think we will now cover your care. Very similar to having a massively viral TikTok uh, mm -hmm. go public yes. uh, your issue. <laughs> and yeah, but Jillian, you know, this is, most people don't even bother appealing their claims. Mm -mm. There was a claim, Americans file appeals on less than 0.1% of the claims that are denied by the insurance company. Which, of course, um, is why insurance companies automatically deny such a high percentage of claims, because they know most people don't have the resources or time or bandwidth in their life, especially if they're suffering with a, a really difficult illness, to fight them on it. Yeah, I had. That's so funny you even mentioned that, because I had, I got on a birth control, and I didn't know I had endometriosis at the time. Mm -hmm. It triggered like something. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. And this was, I don't know, 2018. And I ended up in the ER for way severe pain. Mm. And yeah, they just like denied my ER charge. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, everyone you've gone through. And then I called my mom <laughs> and she was like, oh, you can deny, like you can appeal these. I'm like, what are you talking about? So how, yeah, right. how would you know? Mm -hmm. How would you know? There's absolutely no way that most people would know. And also, 
can we just call them out really quick on how disingenuous it is to pretend that they don't know about these things until they see the viral right. talks or get the <laughs> yes. papers from their lawyer? Oh my gosh, wait, you're oh telling me that we have unethical business practices? <laughs> Shocker. So yeah. option number one, Jillian, we've, we've gone through Jill's story, uh, so, uh, take it to no. social media, right? Stick it to them in social media. Option number two, file a lawsuit. This one is going to require a lawyer and could be expensive though. Obviously not an option for many people, depending on your income. Mm -mm -mm. All right. So I've got another one, Ryan. Okay. Can't okay. Wait. So would you rather have cancer or steal from your children's future? Oh. That's a great hmm. question. <laughs> this is the kind of perverse question that American society asks us every day. I love that choice. <laughs> uh, this one was inspired by a woman named Jenny Peters, who's this mom from South Dakota. She finally beat breast cancer after years of surgery and radiation, chemotherapy, the whole bit. And she came out of it with a $30,000 medical debt. You know, there, as we say all the time here, right, there are 100 million Americans facing medical debt. But for each one of them, it feels, <laughs> it feels like they may be the only And she one. was insured, yes? Like, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she was insured through her employer, yeah. She had to keep working, in fact, through her illness so that she wouldn't lose her coverage. And, you know, all the, the so time she's up. still getting, like, these out-of-pocket costs, right? Because, like, as, again, as we say all the time, right, having insurance doesn't mean that you won't have to pay a deductible, a copay, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. So this woman has two adopted children, right? She's fostering four others. Most of them are actually from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. And so she basically says that in order to pay off her debts, she would have to cut back on her children's access to sports and social activities and all the things that make being a kid like an okay experience, right? Especially foster kids. like. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Coming from an Indian reservation, which is like, mm -hmm. you know, the site of a lot of trauma for a lot of mm -hmm. indigenous people. Basically, like she is still dealing with all these collection notices and she's still fielding calls from debt collectors. And Peters finally, this woman, Jenny Peters, she finally told one of them, she said, I am prepared to go to court and ask the judge to decide which of my children should be cut off from after school activities. To right. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this is, this like, is yeah, mm -hmm. this reminds me of our, our so many stories we get from parents who are like, you know, my care or my kids care or their mm, life. Mm, so, <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, it's true. And, you know, it's also just endemic for people who have cancer, right? So like four in 10 cancer patients in the US are actually forced to withdraw money from a retirement fund, a college or a long-term savings account to pay for treatment. Wow. So we could have made this, would you rather beat cancer or steal from your own future, your children's future, or your family's savings. Ugh. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of options, actually. Yeah. Why are people complaining? Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's one more that's very, very common. This is going to resonate with absolutely everyone, which is the GoFundMe option. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk, tell the story of Josie and Dustin Baker. What happens when healthcare is just so unaffordable that GoFundMe is literally your only option? So the, the Bakers, uh, their four-year-old daughter was diagnosed with, I already know I'm going to fuck this up, meliodosis? Meliodosis. I'm going to go with like that. That feels a really good yeah. guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, I, I had never heard of it before. It's a rare bacterial disease. She lost her ability to walk and was, spent a whole month like on a ventilator. This is a four-year-old. That's the worst. Now, the cost of, her, her name is Lila. Her, the cost of her treatment were just astronomical. 
It was $10,000 per night to stay in the ICU. And there was four treatments she received called, I'm going to mess this one up again, brace yourselves, plasmapheresis. Plas I'm going to go with plasmapheresis. Plasmapheresis. Okay, thank Obviously. you for the rescue. Each treatment, <laughs> $45,000 a piece. Oh. Plus a brain surgery that was $100,000. Oh. Covered in part by insurance at first, but of course, as their daughter began to recover, their insurance began denying claims. And this is the same story we heard earlier, where as soon as you become an expensive patient, your insurance company starts looking through a magnifying glass at each one of your claims and being like, how can we make it more miserable and harder for you to, to process your claims each time? Mm -hmm. And in part, of course, they're hoping that you'll be like, my insurance company sucks and that you'll leave and go to another insurance company. And then you yeah. don't cost them money anymore. Um, we see this, especially in Medicare, where Medicare Advantage plans just make your life miserable. And then you go back on public Medicare, where you're costing taxpayers and not these for-profit insurance companies. So how do they deal with it? And she had physical therapy sessions afterwards, five days a week, $400 each. And you know the insurance company had a cap on how many physical therapy sessions they were willing to give, only 18 sessions. And then after you, you have to pay everything out of pocket. So they, they did a GoFundMe, which miraculously they were able to raise $88,000. And that still, you know, barely puts a dent in these massive costs that they were having. But it was literally the only way that they had to try and meet their costs for their four-year-old. GoFundMe, as you know, everyone knows GoFundMe now, headquartered in Silicon Valley, owned primarily by venture capitalists. It operates kind of on the same logic as social media. You need a platform to gain traction. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, obviously, the less privilege you have, uh, the less online network you have, the less that this option works for you. But for those who it, it is an option, obviously, all of us have seen GoFundMe appeals from our friends and family, I think, by, by this point. Jill, I know you know from your own work about how the algorithm is fucking us all, right? Your GoFundMe is very unlikely to get some eyes, yes. right? Unless yes. you have a network. Oh, absolutely. And uh, when you said they that in this particular case, they raised 88,000 part of me once ago. Amazing. People are so right. generous. <laughs> you, yeah. you sit back and you're like, what are we doing? <laughs> this little girl has this like rare condition. Why are we doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Why Awful. is she depending on the fucking kindness of strangers? Right. Right. Like and, and I'm sure, like you said, 80,000 crazy mantras. I, you know, you see those all the time where they post and you go click into it and they raise like a thousand because they don't have the following. Right. They don't have mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And it's yeah. just, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, well said. Well said. Mm -hmm. It really shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. But you know, again, we know that like GoFundMe is a definite last resort for some other folk for some folks. Here's here's another last resort option, right? Again, would you rather, right? Would you rather talk to an insurance company or a politician? <laughs> Honestly, both. Depends on which politician, I guess. Uh, and which insurance company, maybe. <laughs> like, They're honestly, who is worse, Ted Cruz or United Healthcare? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> but this is like, actually, I think like some 
I think this is like kind of practical advice also, right? So this is something that happens all the time. People call their legislators and they can intervene on your behalf with a hospital or a physician or an insurance company. Again, this is nothing like a legislative, right? This is just because they have a platform. So constituent services in any elected official's office is going to take a huge percent of most le their legislators' time and their aides and stuff on healthcare complaints, right? And legislators always tell us that healthcare is the number one problem that constituents really? are actually calling wow. on. And yeah. I actually, after I reached out, so basically I went through this saga, not to make this about me again, but here I am. This episode is about you. About you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> after I went through this saga, I was like, okay, I'm going to do something. I got to do something. This is crazy. Like, and both my husband and I have a lot of family members who have type 1 diabetes. And I'm like, I can't even imagine, you know, the, the mm -hmm. lifelong struggles they go through. Anyway, I'm like, okay, I'm at my rope's end. So I reach out to Susie Lee, the, my rep. And yeah, I got this boilerplate. I called, emailed, tweeted, got this boilerplate. I care so much about healthcare. <laughs> and so I emailed back. I'm like, tell me specifically, like, why are you, you're clearly not co-sponsoring this bill, Medicare for all. Like, what specifically do you not like about it? She was like, I'm doing things every day to lower healthcare costs. I'm like, my costs are $7,500. I don't know how I'm supposed to pay that every year. <laughs> how is someone supposed to pay that every year? So that's kind of, I mean, where I went to in a way. And it was like, even me, type A, falling up so many times, I'm not getting responses yes, back yes. from these politicians. <laughs> And that's, that's like, crazy. Honestly, like you have the energy to do that. And you yes. have a lot of savvy in terms of negotiating like different right. platforms and stuff like that. Right. Like most people don't, especially when they're sick. Right. Ben always talks about how when he got sick, this sort of experience that like made him want to do healthcare activism or whatever. But one of the things you always say, Ben, is that like you were in no place to fight for yourself at that point. Right. right. Luckily, yeah. there are people. Not if you're in a lot of pain and you know, yeah. <laughs> dealing yeah. with something. Yeah. And what, yeah, when you when you first said, would you rather talk to your insurance company or your politician? My first thought was, can you get a hold of either of them? <laughs> I mean, what are your chances of getting a real person who can actually address your question with a politician yes. or with a, a legislator, but with a, or with the insurance company? But it's the worst. yeah, the I, worst. I, I you think that we elect our legislators to pass laws, which we do, and they should. But actually, if you talk to any legislator, they spend the vast majority of their time doing constituent services. That means they have a, co a constituent who lives in their district who calls up and says, like, I have this problem and it has nothing right. to do with with laws. And they're just like, can you help me? And mm -hmm. they actually a lot of legislators get reelected by just individually helping a large number of their constituents with rando problems. And so healthcare has now kind of taken over these legislators' offices because yeah. they're helping, you know, hundreds and thousands of their own constituents just fight with their own insurance companies or their own hospitals mm -hmm. or their own physicians' offices. So now it's like taking up the, the legislators' time and effort to like try and problem solve all these issues within their district. So Okay, but here's another one, right? So mm -hmm. we all know that legislators have lost power in our society today, mm -hmm. right? The people who have real power are the influencers, are the media, right? <laughs> so one of the things that I just had to mention on this is that I've been watching a lot of Dr. Phil lately, and I kind of am just fascinated with it because I realize this is just like another way for people to pay for mental health care. Basically, like you go on the show, and this is like 90% of the cases are people who go on the show, they have some kind 
kind of need for healthcare that they can't pay for. And so they sit there and they let Dr. Phil beat up on them for an hour. And then finally at the end, he's like, and free of cost, we'll provide you with a, you know, alcohol rehab center <laughs> or with like family counseling or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the family yeah. has to sit there and be like, thank you so much, Dr. Phil. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like begging culture at its finest, at oh its finest. So I just wanted to throw that out there again as like another option, people you could consider going to. Mm -hmm. There is always the Dr. Phil option if you're willing to allow yourself to be humiliated on national television. But his show is actually ending after this season. So get wow. to it quick. Oh, that means one less option. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of them. Great. <laughs> All right. Jillian, I have one more. One oh. more option on the table. Okay. I'm going to put that out there, but I'm not sure if it's better or worse than going on Dr. Phil. Okay. This option is to just die, to pass away. This was actually mentioned. You said, Jill, in your comment section, people were like, well, yeah. it's best to just like fade away. But I'm going to give you a particular story. And this is, this is a, a recent report that um, when I saw it, I was like, we should probably do a whole episode on this. So the podcast, but there was a report by STAT investigative report, and they found that Medicare Advantage plans are actually using artificial intelligence algorithms to generate their denials. Yeah. So they wow. use an, an AI algorithm to be like, okay, this particular patient, given all their history and what they're being treated for, should be able to get, be released from the hospital after, you know, 2.7 days. So exactly on the third day, they say, okay, we're not paying for your hospital stay anymore. We're getting, we're kicking you out. Even if that person is like not able to walk and feed themselves when mm. they're leaving. And this makes sense of a lot of the denials that many of us have now dealt with, which is just not based in rationality or anyone who has seen what you're going through. So in this story, they talked to, hot. yeah, you thought you were going up against the medical industrial complex, but actually you're going up against Skynet. Which is the, uh, <laughs> if you've if you've ever watched uh, Terminator, is the uh, artificial intelligence robot that starts taking over the military system and the world and creates these uh, lovely robots who take you out. You know, our throwback <laughs> was last week. Then that's an that's another one. <laughs> I think every day now is going to be throw throwback. I mean, the the intro of the whole episode was. Think back to 2008. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just saw Breaking Bad for the first time. Like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> it's going to be our, our new thing. We're just going to have throwback uh, references oh, throughout the, every episode. But anyway, so Stat, when they were doing this whole thing, they interviewed the chief operating officer for Calvary Hospital, which is based in the Bronx in New York, Chris Comfort. And he said, um, it's hard to shake this quote once you get it, but he said, we take patients who are going to die of their diseases within a three-month period of time. And we force them into a denial and appeals process that lasts up to 2.5 years. Wow. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not great at math, Jillian, but he, go on, he goes on to say, what happens is the appeal outlasts the beneficiary. So insurance companies have also figured out this formula by which you can deny whatever the fuck you want if a patient is about to die because they will not last long enough to win the appeals process. Wow. Wow. And the fact that he would say that. Right. Out loud. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, like, wait, you hear yourself, sir? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow. So oh I think we should wrap this up by reflecting on all of the options excellent, excellent options we have discussed mm -hmm. to get around your massive medical debt that you can't afford or the care that you need. The price tag is just out of reach. 
So to summarize, we have going to social media social. and mm -hmm. you know humiliating mm -hmm. the insurance company until they start giving you good service and call you up on their own. We have number two, file a massive lawsuit. Again, mm -hmm. it's a somewhat expensive option. You might need to have some resources. We have number three, steal from your children's future or from your savings or from your own retirement. Um, <laughs> then we have number five, launch a GoFundMe. If you're in a position to do something like that and you have a good social network online, all that stuff. Then we have number six, try and get your legislator to intervene on your behalf. They were elected to pass laws, but you should use them instead to yell at your insurance company until they take care of you because they're worried about bad relationships <laughs> with the legislator. All right, number seven is go on Dr. Phil before he goes off the air. You have only Small a one-year window. window. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, you can just die. Jill, I think we should start with you. Favorite option. We already know kind of what you did, but you didn't know what was going to happen at the time you did. And you didn't have the benefit of the incredible wisdom we've brought to the table at this that podcast episode. Very true. Yeah, so many more that things you could have done. All yeah, I mean, and I, the funny thing is I have now kind of gone the politician route and mm. almost the lawsuit route. So <laughs> I'm going to have to stick with social. Like All I, of the above. <laughs> that's just something I feel like I know barely mm -hmm. enough of. I mean, I think when I posted that TikTok, I had like eight followers, like mm -hmm. my immediate family and like three friends. So I'm going to stick with social. I made an impact <laughs> once, maybe, 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 maybe the next time I have to have medical care, I can do it all over again. Yeah, it's great that you're planning for the next time because <laughs> right. it will happen. Um, okay. <laughs> Jillian, what's your favorite method of combat? Oh, you know, I've actually already done one of these things, which mm -hmm. is um, I actually had a retirement account left over from my decade of mm -hmm. teaching at UMass Boston. Thank you union at UMass Boston for getting you used the past medical. tense there. So I'm guessing I see where this is going. Yep. Got my medical bill last year from mm -hmm. a hospital here in uh, Corpus Christi and uh, cashed it all out. Wow. So wow. I have no backup plan, folks. We have to win Medicare for all very, very quickly. Yeah. And you basically only did that because you don't have children. Oh, he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if I had kids, I would have raided their college account a long right. time you ago. You could have stolen from them, but lacking children, raid your own retirement account in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Ben? What's your choice? I think I'm going to go with a combination. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. So, you know, we're at, we're like, you know, not the organizing our shit organizers, but the fucking shit up organizers. Right. Um, right. So I'm going right. to I'm going to go with like dying, but on the doorsteps of the insurance company. <laughs> who is not covering my care. So I'm just going to like lay myself out on their front steps, their headquarters and just pass away there. Dying, yeah. but not quietly. Right. I think yeah. maybe they'll, maybe they'll give me attention then. Okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we've solved this problem because mm -hmm. it, you know, affects it's, it's hard for so many of us out there. It's good to have all the options laid out. And I think we should also thank, our podcast team. I hate to end like on a totally sarcastic note the whole episode through. If but, we win uh, <laughs> for all, we won't have to do this shit, right? Exactly. That's usually how we end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I want to thank our podcast team, our podcast manager, Angelique Davis, our researcher for this episode. Uh, this was a fun one. Sophia Simeon. Our show notes writer was Jerry Katz. Our audio editor was Arena Budanova. And do not forget, 
to like this episode, subscribe to the Medicare for All podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And this show is a project of the Healthcare Now Education Fund. So if you want to support our work, you can donate at our website, healthcare-now.org. And if you donate enough money, we can pay for our health care if we it gets denied in the next Yay. <laughs> so, going towards my credit card. <laughs> generously give all the monies. Thanks so much for being with us, Jill. And we'll see yeah, you all next in a wonderful. couple of weeks. We love you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you for being like brave enough to share your story on yes. social media. Oh, like, absolutely. We really appreciate I think it. we've been making a lot of jokes, but also like it takes some some ovaries to stand up and actually <laughs> yeah. like that's say true. something. So <laughs> we, we love that. We love that. Thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. Stay safe. Stay dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>